0: Are you an adventurer at heart? Do you imagine exploring places all around the world? Maybe find a place no one has ever been to yet? On today's episode, we will explore Matthew Henson, a man who was an explorer himself. He became the first black person to set foot on the North Pole and arguably the first person ever. Let's go explore. back to the Explore Black History on the Go podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shannon, and I'm so glad you can join me today. Make sure you visit exploreblackhistory.com where you can get a free learner's vocabulary guide to go with today's episode. Now let's explore the explorer, Matthew Henson. Matthew Henson was born August 8, 1866 in Charles County, Maryland. Sadly, he was orphaned as a young boy both his parents passed away before he was eight years old, but not before his father moved the family to Washington, D.C. At age 11, Matthew struck out on his own and walked all the way from Washington, D.C. to Baltimore, Maryland. There, he found a job as a dishwasher at a restaurant, but he didn't stay there long. Matthew overheard customers talk about ships that would sell for adventures to places unknown down by the docks. And Matthew, who had adventure in his heart, soon made his way to those docks. At 12, Matthew became the cabin boy on the ship named Katie Hines. The captain of the ship, Captain Childs, became a great mentor to Matthew. For the next six years, Matthew's education took place aboard ship. The captain taught him reading and writing, technical skills, how to navigate the seas, geography, and all manner of things related to sailing and life. And Matthew was an excellent student. His curiosity for how things work helped him to become much more than just a cabin boy. He learned how to hoist sails, read charts, tie knots, and navigate like the best of them. He proved himself to be very valuable on the ship, even learning how to give first aid. And by the time he was 18, Matthew, who had a venture in his heart, had sailed to China, Japan, North Africa, Spain, France, and southern Russia. Sadly, Captain Childs passed away, and Matthew found himself as a young man in his early 20s working as a store clerk, but not for long. One day, when Matthew was working at the store... A naval officer and engineer named Robert Perry walked in to buy some supplies. The two men started talking, and Perry was very impressed with Matthew's knowledge of sailing and his enthusiasm and passion for adventure. He hired Matthew on the spot to be his assistant on his next expedition. And Matthew, who had adventure in his heart, said, Let's go explore. The first expedition, was to Nicaragua. The Navy Corp. of Engineers was asked to create a canal that connected the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, and Perry was tasked with mapping out the area. So for the next two years, Matthew and Perry trekked through the jungles of Nicaragua, mapping out key landmarks. That journey cemented their friendship. Perry's respect for Matthew's skills, strength, and intelligence grew. And for the next 18 years, Matthew would accompany Perry on every expedition. He considered Matthew his first mate. The next few expeditions took them to Greenland, one time to explore the area, another time to map the Greenland ice cap, and another time to retrieve three meteorites. Matthew recall that one of the meteorites weighed 70 tons and it was quite the task to get it aboard the ship. It took strength, hard work and a lot of problem solving, but they were able to do it. While they were in Greenland, Matthew came into contact with the Inuit people, indigenous people to the area, Matthew referred to them as Eskimos in his autobiography, but the correct term to use is Inuit. During his journey there, he fell in love with the Inuit people. He learned their language, their skills for surviving the cold Arctic weather, including sewing a type of clothes that would keep him from freezing, how to build igloos, sledges, how to train and drive the dog sledges and hunt. He wrote, "I have come to love these people." I know every man, woman, and child in their tribe. They are my friends, and they regard me as theirs. And this was true. They gave him a name in their language that meant the kind one. He was known as Matthew the Kind One. Greenland would continue to be a place he would travel to, often with Perry, especially for the greatest expedition of all, reaching the North Pole. Now, friends, I have to tell you, Matthew and Perry tried seven times to reach the North Pole. Each time they got a little closer, but with no success. It was the eighth time, the successful attempt I will tell you about. On July 6, 1908, the eighth expedition to get to the North Pole began. They had a great send-off from President Roosevelt, who the ship they were sailing on was named after. Folks came from all around to send them off. They were leaving from Oyster Bay, New York, to make the first trip north to Canada. In addition to Matthew and Perry, the party at this time included a couple of scholars, a doctor, an engineer, a young man in his 20s, the captain who sailed the ship, and the steward who was also the cook. On September 5th, when they made it to the starting point of the long trek, Cape Sheridan on Ellesmere Island in Canada, they picked up additional members to their team 22 Inuit men, 17 Inuit women, and 10 Inuit children. And the dogs. I cannot forget the dogs who pulled the sledges or they wouldn't have gotten anywhere. They started with 133 dogs, though some accounts say 246. Either way, that's a lot of dogs. When the expedition party took off, there was lots of excitement. They were on the Roosevelt, the new ship that allowed them to maneuver the icebergs way better than the prior ships used on the prior attempts to reach the North Pole. Matthew took the lead in preparation. He did a lot of trading for skins, dog lines, and other supplies. He built the sledges for the expedition. He trained the new recruits who had never been on an expedition before. He trained the dogs for the journey. He made sure there was enough food packed for the dogs and for everyone on the trip. And he took charge of the Inuits who came on the expedition with them because he was the only one who could speak their language fluently and he had gained their trust and respect. So, although Matthew was first hired as an assistant, over the years he became integral to all the expeditions he went on with Perry, and now, at the age of 42, his talent and expertise were invaluable. Perry stated about their final attempt to get to the North Pole, Matthew must go all the way, I can't make it there without him, and those words proved to be true. Now, I have to tell you about the truck to the North Pole so you can understand just how dangerous and difficult of a task this expedition was. They had to be prepared to be away for months at a time. Matthew wouldn't see his wife for over nine months. The preparation was intense. They had to hunt for meat, gather supplies for months. So, and pack the right clothes, get the right tools, and be mentally prepared to go for days without sunlight. And most importantly, they had to be prepared for the Arctic weather. The temperature at one point fell to 65 degrees below zero. Let's stop right there. I'm from Los Angeles, California, so 65 degrees is freezing to me. But 65 degrees below zero? I wouldn't last a minute, let alone months in that type of weather. Oh, but that's not it. Can you imagine walking in that extremely frigid weather and then having ice blown in your face because of the raging wind? Matthew recalled seeing rocks that weighed 150 pounds being lifted by the wind and blown for distances of 90 feet. Incredible. No wonder they wore hoods with fur on the inside and that framed their faces. But even still, that wasn't enough to defend against the cold. But Matthew, who still had a venture in his heart, pressed on. And as they moved forward day by day, week by week, and month by month, the team got smaller and smaller. The closer they got to the North Pole, the harder it was to navigate. Matthew was an ever-present help to his team. He helped the young man who joined them build his igloo. He provided hot soup after one of the team members came in from an unsuccessful hunt. He taught the doctor a few tricks for how to keep warm. He hunted for food. He repaired the sledges as needed. He even engaged in literary debates in the evenings to fight off boredom. His experience with exploring the Arctic region was a help to everyone. One person said, Henson made every sledge and cook stove used on the route to the pole. Henson was altogether the most efficient man with Perry. On March 1st, 1909, they were in the final stage of their expedition to the North Pole. So much had happened since the start of their journey back in July. Now, eight months later, 20 people from the expedition party remained. Matthew, Perry, the two professors who were the scholars, the doctor, the captain, and 14 Inuit people. And again, we can't forget the dogs. There were 98 dogs. At this point, they split up into teams and took turns taking a lead. They would meet up and recoup and recover in their igloos. One day, when Matthew's team was in the lead, he urged his team of dogs along with his voice and whip. To the North Pole we go! The journey became more difficult with each day. On a good day, it would be 27 degrees below zero, but more often, it was 45 degrees below zero. Both temperatures were freezing cold. Along the trail, they plunged into ice so rough they had to use ice pick axes to make a pathway for a mile. And on the journey, the expedition party continued to get smaller and smaller. One person got a swollen knee. He had to turn back. Another person's heel froze. He had to turn back. One time, Matthew's sledge broke and he had to repair it in the freezing cold. He had to take off his gloves, thread the seal straps through the holes. Then when his fingers froze, he had to stop working on the repair, pull his hands through his sleeves and put his hands under his armpits to warm his fingers. And the moment he felt his fingers burning, he knew they were thawed out. And then he would start the work to repair the sledge again. He repeated that cycle over and over until the sledge was fixed. Talk about resilience. Another time, his team found themselves walking knee-deep in snow, and the dogs had snow up to their chests. Still, they kept trucking along, relentlessly, for seven miles. Matthew was determined to keep going, no matter what, but not everyone had the same stamina. Another two people turned back. It was just too much for them. I can hear them now saying, Man, it's too cold out here. I'm out. See you back at the camp. Their cheeks and noses froze. At times, it was so cold, sleep was impossible. But Matthew pressed on. One time, when it got extremely dangerous, he recited Psalms 23 and Matthew 5 from the Bible. He made it though, but another person turned back. The heel of his foot had become frozen. But Matthew and his team, pressed on. And even though Matthew's sled was weighted down with a 550-pound load, double what everyone else carried, he pressed on. It was his skill that allowed him to maneuver so much weight through the frozen terrain. Even when the trail led them 60 feet high, he persisted. Soon, six more turned back. And then, on April 1st, there were only six people left, Matthew, Perry, and four Inuits. And the dogs, we can't forget the dogs. There were 40 dogs left with them. The other dogs returned with the members of the party who turned back. Though this remaining party of six were terribly cold, exhausted, and in need of a good hot meal, they pressed forward. And on April 6th, 1909, Matthew, Perry, and the four Inuits reached the North Pole. Woohoo! The first people to do so. They placed an American flag at the measured destination behind the igloos they built and rested. Finally, after seven attempts prior and nine months of a dangerous journey, they did it. Now, accounts state Matthew was in the lead that day, and it was his footsteps that reached the exact coordinates of the North Pole first. Unfortunately, Matthew did not get the recognition for reaching the North Pole like Perry did. It was 1909, and America was not ready to give a black man that type of recognition and honor. But in 1944, he was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor given to all the members of the 1909 expedition. Sadly, he couldn't go to the award ceremony because of the segregation laws at that time. And it wasn't until years later, after he passed away, that Matthew was given the honor he should have received earlier. On April 6, 1988, on the 79th anniversary of him reaching the North Pole, he was given the honor of being buried at the Arlington National Cemetery, where Robert Perry was buried in honor of him reaching the North Pole. And Matthew, who always had adventure in his heart, was laid to rest. Woo! Isn't that a remarkable story? Matthew Henson was an amazing explorer and an even more amazing man. His courage, resourcefulness, resilience, determination, persistence, and kindness is a legacy to honor. What legacy are you leaving? Think about it and take care until the next time when you explore Black history with me.